But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, to Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-wing. We are once more all out of power converters, so guess what? We're going to talk about some X-wing. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Smittle. And I'm Pork Jenkins. And we've been up to a couple things lately since uh, last we recorded. Uh, just the other weekend, was it? Yeah, weekend before last, uh, Greg and I actually went to a tournament together out in Manhattan. How did we do, Greg? Uh, well, I did really bad. <laughs> you did pretty good. Yeah, I ended up finishing third there. Uh, tournament put on by the fine folks out at the Village Geek in Manhattan, Kansas. Great store to play at. A lot of great folks out there. There were, what, six people? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. to get three locals, and then Greg and Tyler came in from Topeka. I drove out from Kansas City. It was a busy weekend for a lot of folks, so uh, you know, not a whole lot going on. But, just, again, fun tournament. Great to get uh, stuff out on the table. Got to see some rather interesting lists out of people. As usual, uh, our friend Jason Griffith and I wound up playing almost uh, mirror matches again and got matched up in round three because of it, of course. So I had fun... Uh, in our last podcast, I mentioned Cam Murray's list from Gen Con, the uh, list that is uh, Boba Fett, Kushka Frost, and uh, Kanan in the Hawk. It is just a really fun list to fly, and I liked it. Uh, what did you fly, Greg? I uh, flew Koshka, um, Cad Bane, and two Y-Wings. Uh, the two named Lima and uh, <clears throat> uh, the other... Auto name generator lady. Uh, our little addressian? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, it was a fun she list. She is an important character in the book, I think. Quite, yes. Which book? Uh, the Aftermath series, I believe. Not, not Aftermath. Uh, it's uh, Bloodline. Yeah, Bloodline. Is, it's the one where yeah. everyone finds out that spoiler is spoiler's daughter. Yeah. Uh, uh, I believe Arlene's Hadrassian is part of the, what is it called? The Napkin Corps. Yeah, but they're, they're, there's a big uh, historical Patrick event. Is the, Patrick is the napkin bomber. Yeah, napkin bomber. But uh, this is basically, Bloodline is a great novel. Kind of gives you the hints at where the First Order started coming together. So if you're interested in that uh, kind of backstory, great novel to read. Uh, or you can do like about, I did and read the Wikipedia summary of it. Because that's <laughs> what I do with everything. Because that's all I can do in my life is consume summaries of content. <laughs> That is true, that is true. Well, what else have you been doing in your life besides browsing Wikipedia, Alex? For the last two weeks, I've been sick. I caught some kind of non-COVID bug that, God, I sure think it was COVID, but I tested negative about 20 times. Um, Yeah, so mostly I've been on my ass for the last two weeks. I'm finally finally feeling better. Good, Uh, good, good. I watched a lot of baseball because not much else to do. Playing Crusader Kings 3, still a fun game. That's about it, yeah. Pretty good. Uh, well, Doug, you've actually had some pretty active stuff going on. Uh, what happened this last weekend that you were a part of? I suffered through XTC. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Oh. Sad Doug noises. Yeah, oh, that- I had probably the worst tournament of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's up there, at least I went. Uh, I went one and eight. Uh, America did pretty well. We uh, we tied for fourth. We came in fifth on tiebreakers, but we went five and four. So uh, definitely didn't do as well as we were hoping, but not an embarrassing turnout for everybody but me. Um, yeah. But it was still uh, a pretty good time. All my opponents were great. It's uh, 
yeah, it's still a privilege to be a part of it. So indeed, but this was what nine rounds that started for you at what one in the morning? Yes. So yeah, uh. the, it's a ten-team final, so they do a nine-round round robin to uh, determine the winner. Uh, Canada won, going uh, eight and one, but their one loss, Team USA, baby. Uh, the real tie. Yeah, and then so you got the, your revenge for Swiss. Yep, and then tied for second and third were England and Germany, and we also beat Germany. So, uh, like we we were definitely competitive. We just uh, we dropped a, a couple, dropped to a couple countries we probably shouldn't have, which is probably largely my fault because I had an awful tournament. Um, but yeah, it was it was still a good time. Yeah, good. What did you end up flying in the finals? Uh, same thing I flew in Swiss, uh, which was Boba Lima. Sarasu and Gamut. Uh, Pro Torps on Lima and Sarasu. Uh, standard nonsense loadouts for Boba because he has a million points. Yeah. And then Leb on Gamut. It's not too bad. Yeah. I'm uh, trying to remember the last time I've actually. Show. He went undefeated in Swiss with this list as well. Yeah. It's like, just, it was... you know, sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Yeah, and, it wasn't, uh, I lost a lot of some. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. Um, especially at one thirty. I was, Doug asked me to wake him up at 11 p.m. So he'd be awake and, like, fully aware. Like, imagine getting off work at 4, 4.30 and then having to get up at 11 p.m. to play X-Wing. Like, Yeah, and then even being dirt tired, I still only slept about five hours during the day on Saturday. Because, you know, your body's just not used to sleeping in the middle of the day. Oh, God, yeah. For extended periods of time, so it was... Yeah, we barely saw Doug last weekend. Yeah. Oh, tell me about it. I mean, uh, I took this Tuesday off of work with severe allergies, and I thought, you know what? I woke up, called in sick. Got you know, hold of my boss and said, I'm gonna just take two Benadryl, take a short little nap, and then get some stuff done around the house. Let me tell you, no stuff was done around the house that day because I fell asleep and I time traveled eight hours into the future. Benadryl is no joke, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it sounds Did like there's a lot of fun. Awesome yeah. dreams. Uh, I don't recall. I just know I woke up, uh, saw that the chat, uh, our group chat had continued all day with you and Greg talking about the Cardinals. So That's true. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, a good time. Indeed. I do uh, want to talk about my one win, which probably should have been a loss, but it was yeah. one of the most ridiculous games I've ever played. It was uh, It was actually against Germany. It was against Sasha, Sasha Wagner, who's uh, you know a real good player. No, really Sasha's nice guy. Best, yeah. Uh, he was running. It's, it's Wagner, yeah, yeah, sure. probably Wagner, yeah. Um, <laughs> Wagner. Uh, <laughs> Doug's from Missouri. Doug's yeah. from Missouri. Uh, sorry, Missouri, he's, yeah. he's from St. Louis or something. Yeah. Eastern Columbia. Um, but yeah, so he was running Django, Grievous, Cad, and uh, a little drone. The the one lets you cancel crits. Um, but uh, so we were playing Salvage Mission, and. We scored a combined zero mission points because he picked up <laughs> one crate and I knocked it off that turn. And then we just didn't have the actions to pick up anymore because the game was just insane the entire time. Uh, it ended up getting down to I have Sarasu and Boba, and he has Django, Cat, and Grievous. But his Cat is down to two, and his Django's at one, and my Boba's at one, and my Sarasu, I think, had taken a damage. Uh, but so if he kills Boba, I lose. But if I kill Django, I have a pretty good chance to win. Uh, for four straight turns, our one health fire sprays lived through shots, like, <laughs> and not not just like crappy range three nothing shots, like actual shots. Neither of us could roll more than two hits with full mods. Uh, and then finally on the fifth turn, our fire sprays fire sprays fly past each other, 
and take range two butt shots at each other. He still only managed to get two. I dodge it because Boba is Boba. Uh, and then finally managed to get three to kill him back and end up winning after round 12. Uh, it was uh, 15 to 7 was the final score. But it, it, it was just the absurdity of two one health fire sprays chasing each other around for so long and not being able to do one damage. That sounds just ridiculous, but ridiculously fun because yeah, sometimes it, you just got to laugh and go, no, why? Well, and it was just one of those, like, he would roll offense and we would both, you know, like, hold our breath and then it would be a terrible roll and I'd dodge it. And then before he could get frustrated, I'd roll and also roll terrible and he'd dodge it. And so all we could do is just laugh at how ridiculous the dice were being. Uh, dice do that, man. I got to tell you, at the uh, Manhattan tournament, I think I heard Greg swear more at his green dice than I've ever heard him. Yeah, his... Your your dice just did not like you on that day, Greg. No, I was betrayed. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, it is nice to see everybody kind of branch out. Funny that the uh, three of us last played Fire Sprays when, uh, yeah, it's weird because Doug, I do know that you play pretty much a little bit of everything, but especially in the past with XTC, you've been known kind of as the uh, First Order guy. Uh, who was the First Order representative of the U.S. team this year? Will Haywood. Oh, okay. First order, yeah. Uh, and to be fair, I've never been a first order player. I've been a Kylo player, and uh, like I, I don't actually particularly enjoy FO ships outside of Kylo. But fair enough. Fair it's enough. Basically, Kylo is the ketchup. The other ships, the French fries. Yeah, I guess that's one way to put it. Yeah. In theory, if one <laughs> yeah. uses French fries, that's only ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> the quickness of that was wild. Like, you had that in your back pocket all day, and you were looking for an example. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's a phrase that it's a metaphor that comes up a lot in my life. Like, I work at customer before. service. So. <laughs> so you're basically saying that the rest of the first order is an efficient Kylo delivery system? Yeah, like... Well, fair enough. To Doug, at least. Yeah. It's efficient. Is it it's efficient? efficient. Like it, it's the only faction that can deliver Kylo to Doug's mouth. So. Well, that's true. <laughs> does not advocate putting Kylo in your mouth. <laughs> I feel like Kylo is the steak dinner, and the rest of the First Order are a bunch of sides that I don't really want, but like it's a waste of money to not get the sides, so I might as well add it. No. You know what I don't like at restaurants, especially when it's random, <laughs> is a rice pilaf. Don't give me rice. I don't want this. It doesn't fit with my meal. What if your what? meal is taquitos? <laughs> That's a bad example of Mexican food. Especially <laughs> for a rice my, my restaurant for taquitos. Yeah, I don't know. It was... I would like your finest beef taquito. This is the third beef. Friday in a row for me. So. Oh it's God. been a long week. Um, indeed, yeah, like, indeed. Taquitos, you can do those like a 7-Eleven. Yeah. They might have rice. I don't, they don't. No. Never mind. I've um, lost the point. <laughs> Back to X-Wing, though. There was some other X-Wing going on this past weekend. The Oricon Galactic Qualifier. Uh, I, I gotta admit, guys, I completely forgot this was going on this past weekend. Overlooked it completely. Uh, but a lot of other people didn't. There were 102 players registered, of which 95 played, which not too bad for a uh, uh, summer weekend. It was in the U.S. time zone, which is probably why I got some. You Especially know, better when you consider it was running at the same time as XTC. So yeah, so zero the, of the what it's uh, like seven times ten, so seventy people. Zero of the seventy people could play in it. Yeah, and that's a really good turnout for exactly XTC taking out a lot of the uh, more active players. 
But uh, Chris Patrick, crispy to a lot of folks, won with uh, an interesting scum list. Uh, the Mandalorian, Cad Bane, Manaru, and Gamut Key. I looked at it and I thought, that's kind of an odd janky list. He's got the Mandalorian with Juke, Predator, the Child, Fenral Crew, Jamming Meme, Greedo, and Razorcrest. And I looked at that and I thought, huh, that's interesting because I don't think he put any, uh, he didn't have any points in his regular build for uh, illicits. So he could just have one illicit that he swapped in and out uh, each turn for that. And I was trying to figure out, like, why why juke? Do you really trust in the non-regenerating force that much? And then I looked and I realized that you've got Gamma Key with Gleb. You've got Manaru with overtuned modulators passing along tokens. So, yeah, you can get some modified, possibly Predator, Focus, or Calculate juke shots with yeah, the Mandalorian. My, my assumption is he just shoves Mandalorian down to people's face. Like, uh... To be honest, Mandarin does't really use her abilities these days, but like no, you know, it's, it's fine to just coordinate to Mando as much. Yeah, that's right. I made a whole list out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you've got uh Cad Bane as a control piece. I I'm so used to thinking snapshot is stapled to Cad Bane when oh, no one other than fun, us has done that. I, yeah, I don't think it's yeah, I don't I don't know that that's good, but it's fun. Yeah. But his uh, control cad with ion cannon and jamming beam, contraband, false transponder codes, the title, Zuckus crew, and ion bombs. All of that makes uh I like the idea of the uh, the ion cannon ion bombs combo because it makes CAD a a piece that's more than just trying to get a gimmick through, and I like that. Uh, pretty standard Manaru with notorious jamming beam, overtune modulator, title R5P8, and then Gar Saxon crew. Which, if I try to remember, Gar Saxon says if you target lock, you can only do front and rear arc with it, but you want with punishing one your arc in the front anyway, and then. When you make an attack, you can remove a red or orange token from the defender to roll an extra die. Is that... Do I have that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which, again, turns Manaru into a potential four-die jousting threat, especially if you've got Cad Bane possibly passing along red or orange tokens to uh, the opponent. And then, of course, uh, Gamut Key with Gleb and Deadman Switch fits on there now as well. Yeah, I'm interested in the yeah. Dead Man switch on there. Um, I don't yeah, know. I Lucid how we felt f- like the easy choice, which is why I yeah. didn't do it. But mm. yeah, that's interesting. But mm. but it does it does deter like a lot of times when I played with the XTC list, like uh, Gamut just tends to be in the back of everybody because he has to do a blue every turn because he's coordinating. Um, and then if like a uh, like an Anakin, for example, comes in and flanks really hard, uh, it does kind of deter him from getting in those range one shots. Um, yeah, I like, it's, it's probably it's not a huge difference, but yeah, like I'm, it's definitely interesting though. Yeah, uh, saw a pretty varied field of what people brought. Although uh, the Empire was the most played faction, twenty three oh, lists of which five made the cut. Uh, the Resistance also had five lists make the cut, but only seven were played. Uh, that's probably the. I don't know if that's a great cut rate. But only seven got brought, so small sample I think size. People are finding that resistance Y wings are just nuts. Really right now. Like, good. It yeah. it turns out whenever you have engine upgrade and targeting computer, you just have a force. Mm-hmm. So you're a three point seven health ship that's deceptively fast and has a force essentially all the time. Uh, so they they take forever to kill for their points. They cover a lot of space. They almost always have ion cannons on them. So it's a lot of of pecking away at you, but also controlling like their. They're they're nasty lists. 
there were 19 scum lists and only one made the cut, and that was Crispy who won the whole thing. Surprisingly, well, not really surprisingly given past couple of weeks and stuff, uh, Rebels were the least popular faction with only five being played, but all factions were represented in the cut. Rebels had like a moment of real power with that heavy alpha strike and tricks like the Ursa Ren combo. But since the last points changed, they seem to have fallen off the board. Is that uh, a... I don't. So I think there is a lot of non experimentation going along with Rebels. Um, like they did relatively well at Gen Con still. Um, and like even if they don't make the cut, you'll still frequently see them in the, the bubble out of the cut. I think the thing is, is that. Protorp span was the so obviously powerful thing right whenever new points came out that a lot of the meta shifted towards anti-torp tech. And now, even as people are discovering other stuff, that anti-torp tech is still so valuable against everything else that it just stays in the list. Things like chaff clouds um, or false transponder codes. So rebels just have a lot of uh, counters just built into lists against them, and people aren't adapting. They're still just running that four-ship rebel list with, you know, Wedge Luke and whatever other two pieces you pick. Um, but like we saw, uh, it was uh, Nick Sperry made the cut at Gen Con with Wedge Luke Han. Um, like, I, I don't think Rebel Falcons have really been explored very much. And uh, U-Wings still seem pretty good, and they're not being explored very much. I, it's, I think it's more of a people just decided that the four-ship Rebelist wasn't good and then didn't look further and just went to other factions. There we go. Uh... Looks like ties were pretty popular again. Uh, quite a few of those 23 Imperialists did mini swarms or things like Vader plus five, double decimator plus three. Uh, and that's funny because, you know, there was a time when we had completely written tie fighters and the idea of a tie swarm off. And while we don't really see pure tie swarms uh, yet, I think there's a pop possibility for them. Uh, I really I like seeing them. I disagree. I don't, I don't think pure dice worms are good enough. The the point of the like the Vader and five is that they are really good at objectives with the five Tie Fighters, and then you still have to deal with the Defender Vader. Or like the other situation you see is a lot of Jingo Jingo Wampa, and those are just three really annoying pieces that are good at holding objectives. They take too long to kill for their two points. Most of the time, yeah. Most of the time, yeah. they take way too long to kill. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, there's really nothing better in that six-point range than three TIE Fighters. Like, Soontir is just not good enough, I don't think. Um, like, pretty much you get aces that have really low damage output, or you get two three-point ships, which are... Generally not great. Other TIE Fighters, I think. I think there's no three-point ships. Two no, other three ships other than TIE Fighters. No, they're all four or more now. So yeah. your options are... A six-point ship, two TIE Fighters, or three TIE Fighters. So the default just goes to three TIE Fighters. Side note, I do believe that Jingo Jingo Wampa was a 1945 hit for Bing Crosby on the Billboard charts. <laughs> uh, speaking of Empire, one of the lists I really liked that I saw in there was the number two list from uh, William Hayes. Uh, I found that really interesting. Uh, Vizier with Palpatine, Pure Sabacc, Vagabond, Countdown, and Commandant Goran. So that's... Reaper, striker, 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 interceptor. Yep. Yeah, the thing is basically uh, like Gorin's, but with one Reaper instead of two strikers, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that fits anymore. But you also now get pro you get bombs on all of these Reapers mm -hmm. now, or these strikers now, and uh, it turns out they're just as good at bombing as like FO bombers. 
Uh, yeah, they have the same ability. Yeah, essentially. The bombers uh, can boost in the system phase, whereas the... Yeah, but like Vagabond's I2, and the yeah. average initiative is 4 in the meta. So it's effectively so the, it's same the same thing, thing right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in some ways it's better, because like if, uh, if a bomber boosts in the system phase, you get to react to it afterwards to bomb him back. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't. I obviously didn't get to watch any of these games, but it seems like a potentially nasty list. You probably have to fly on a knife's edge the whole time because it's a lot of squishy ships. Although Goran helps with that a lot. That's more anti torp slash target lock tech. It's really spicy, and, actually. I really yeah, want to, and, it's, it's... yeah, I think I think everybody acknowledges that the vizier with palp is a pretty solid piece. Like yeah, the, the new palp mobile. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, uh, it seems like a nasty list. Yeah, plus strikers like tie fighters good objectives. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And for... with the new salvage rules, they're still as fast. They're faster than any other ship with carrying a crate now. Yeah. They, it's not a boost action, so they must still do it. Like, <laughs> Well, that, that's one of the things that I uh, had pointed out for things I did not know until this week, that when you're playing salvage mission and you're prohibited from taking boost, cloak, slam, or barrel roll actions, things like ailerons for reapers and strikers and... Uh, like baby Anakin's barrel roll, those aren't actions, so they can still do them. And I was like, oh, that's nifty. Are there any other ways to do repositions that aren't actions? Uh, uh, Nantexes. Yeah, Nantex. 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 Okay. Right, yeah, because it doesn't. You can shoot your own person with a tractor with R5 TK. Or, well, I guess quadrumpers aren't standard. Um, True. Yeah, I mean, there right. might be a couple other niches. Yeah, I mean, but if there is, it works. Huh. Now, no, I, I honestly can't think of any way where tractoring your own guy with R5TK, you're giving up an action. Uh, you're giving up an attack to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's, to that's your, yeah, I didn't say it was good. Yeah. I said it was <laughs> Which, yeah. And I think that only applies to Jump Masters with a tractor beam and the title. I think it's the only thing we can yeah. take from Canon uh, and a Astromech right now. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I think so. So uh, if you really want to bring, bring Punishing One Dengar so you can tractor somebody nice. Or Manaru. Well, yeah, we're only I3. I, like, I mean, it's... So then, then you bring Swarm Tactics Fenrau to, to boost Manaru up to six so that you can tractor one of your own ships. <laughs> <laughs> Classic scum, Jake. Yeah, I, and then you lose because you don't actually do any damage. But it was cool. Yeah, it's it's Jake. Reminds <laughs> me of the old uh, first edition way the Outrider worked was that you equipped a cannon to the uh, Outrider, the YT twenty four hundred, and could then shoot it as a turret with your uh, no range one donut hole. But uh, well, no, that was only for the HLC. But the idea that you could run but you couldn't make primary attacks. So you could put tractor beam on a on the outrider and do no damage ever. Unless you tracked someone onto a route. Quite possibly yeah. the worst idea you could do in 1.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, other tournament wise, uh, the Nova opens this weekend. Haven't heard a lot of hype on that uh, lately. But did, wasn't the Nova open like in the early days of X Wing one of the biggest things? Yeah, yeah. Well, that I was, mean, this is that was 1.0, and mm-hmm. I believe it's a world's qualifier. But like, I, I think this is still just going back to they, you know, they've only just now announced what next year's OP is going to be. So 
I think a lot of the the planning was going in, assuming it was just going to be a third party tournament and travel's expensive right now. Like I know there's, yeah. I, I've still heard some people being hyped about it. I'm sure it'll still be a good tournament, but yeah, definitely. Yo, good luck to everybody going there, but that brings up a good point. And, uh, we were discussing this in not our podcast, but the local X-Wing group chat today. Uh, and Alex, you mentioned that the lack of organized play is kind of, you know, got you a little not disgruntled, but uh, I just have nothing to play for. Like, yeah, there's little motivation. Do you think that's really hurting everything right now with uh, no organized play going on? Are people just feeling like there's not a lot of point to X-Wing, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Like, We've talked about this before, but like for me, it's I also just don't have a lot of energy in my life to devote to stuff. So X Wing is the first thing that goes because I have nothing to play for. Um, if I had more free time and more energy, I might still play X Wing without anything to play for. But it makes it not a priority for me. Understandable. Yeah, but at least you know. I would just say I did intend to go to the Manhattan tournament. And that was my day two of the twelve day sickness. So, yeah, and plus you had some family stuff going on, so yeah, that's yeah. understandable. I mean, people have things going on all the time. It's just, I wish there was something going on that could excite people more. I wish I had the resources to put on something that would excite people more. But uh, yeah, like I'm really hoping this three day weekend that we're about to have fixes my burnout, and then hopefully that'll help too. Because I'm just a little burnt out right now. Like that is very understandable. On the bright side, though, with uh, some real uplifting news about the community, and we've talked a lot about community building lately, uh, a lot of folks recognize the name Isophane. Uh, Dan Lim, he's uh, a big force in the community, one of the guys, if you're ever watching a Gold Squadron Twitch stream, he's the guy throwing out subscriptions like they're candy. Uh, Isophane and Hexiled Gaming have put together what they call the Isoplane Initiative, there are a lot of folks that have qualified already for Worlds 2023 because, if I'm not mistaken, invites going back to October of 2019 are good for the next Worlds. Uh, at least February uh, 2020. It, no, I, my first one that I got was in, uh, I think, July of 2019. Uh, if you remember, it, there were two hyperspace trial seasons during yeah. 2019. Mm. And, so uh, the second one you could choose, it, the second one ran through Worlds, so you could choose whether to have it apply to the 2019 Worlds or at the time, the 2020 Worlds. Which never uh, happened, yeah. So, yeah. so but anybody there are... who earned an a invite from those hyperspace trials and chose to save it, it, it applies to that one. Luckily, Indeed. Doug won two subsequent invites as well, just in case. <laughs> but one of the things that uh, Isophane and Hexile Gaming want to do is make sure that as many qualified players can get to Worlds 2023 as possible, especially since travel has become more expensive than it was pre-COVID and other things. So they've set up a fund uh, to assist folks who need help with travel expenses. It's called the Isoplane Initiative. Uh, they're going to be starting in the next couple weeks to sell objective markers, which look really cool, by the way. Uh, you can find out more at their website at www.hexiledgaming.com slash isoplane initiative. It's a good cause and one of those great community things we're always talking about. So more than glad to hype it up. On, on that note, Hexiled Gaming in general is just a, a really good stream. Like uh, I cannot remember his name right now, the guy who runs it, Scott. Yeah. Uh, Scott, he just he just runs games constantly throughout the week. Like, uh, 
usually starting at like 10 or 11 central he'll play he'll have a couple people a day play games and uh i know they have fun list building challenges and i think recently they did a league of some sort um but so if you're ever itching to just watch some x-wing he's uh he's a really entertaining guy yeah i had a uh, kyber cup game at one in the afternoon and he was like hey you want to be on stream sure (laughs) yeah i'm I'm not sure what he does that lets him stream all the time because i know he has another job but uh whatever it is it's great because he he just gets to to have fun with chat all the time and uh He's an exciting commentator too. He he really gets into it. Absolutely, I would highly recommend Hexile. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when uh, those go up, if you can afford to, you know, if you're looking to pick up some objective tokens, because Lord knows the cardboard ones are dumb. Uh, that's no better way to do it than going for a good cause. I say. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah, it's, I mean, it's really cool. It's project. it's really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, but that brings up the thing, you know, they announced that there are going to be a couple more, you know, worlds invite things. Gen Con gave uh, worlds tickets. I know that the Nova Open is going to be one. There's one in California in November, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And Which reminds me. PAX East, also in November, December. We'll probably also have one. Yeah, in Philly. Yeah. Did that, uh, there was, there was going to be, was it a, a Grands that was going to be on the USS Hornet that ended up getting canceled because of COVID? I yeah. think it was a system open. System yeah, open, yeah. It was a system yeah. open, yeah. Okay, yeah. On, but, the, Al, on the Almeida? Uh, yeah, out in Almeida. It's the, the USS Hornet. Is, okay. uh, was the yeah. battleship or the... Yeah, it's out there. But that's... Yeah, that... Man, that's one of those tournaments that I really would have considered, you know, making uh, an excursion cool for. Yeah. yeah. I got you to know. play on a on a ship. Yeah. Uh, because I think they were going to have it set up in, like, the lower hangar area there i mean how, how much more top gun do you get than that <laughs> uh but yeah as for other things that have been exciting amg's dropped some uh previews on the uh x-wing transmissions about the specific stuff that's going to be in the battle yavin we've talked a lot about what they have shown us so far but they've previewed all of the ship cards and since there's no upgrade cards with this they've pretty much uh given the whole box out there does anybody know what the uh, street date on that's going to be? Is that this month uh, or next month? It's September. I want to say late September, like the 29th is what I think it is, but that, I'm pulling that out of my ass, so I don't know. Could wrong. be. But it's, a, it's in September. Nice. Uh, one of the things they mentioned is that all these cards are going to be standard legal, but I was taking a closer look at them today, and some of them seem like they're going to be really powerful for their points. Uh, well, well, we don't know what their points are. Yeah, yeah we don't know what they are. And that's what's uh, interesting. So uh, a couple of thoughts that I had about those, and uh, feel free to weigh in. One of the things I noticed is for the Rebels, uh, Biggs, Wedge, and Garvin all have named astromechs, uh, R2-F2, R2-A3, and R5-K6, that are functionally identical to the R2 and R5 astromechs, which are... With R2-D2, yeah. Yeah, with, well, R2-D2 is standard legal, but and has three charges, but the R2 and R5 Astromechs aren't. Is this a way to possibly get around any complications about the R2 and R5 Astromechs, which these really are, effectively? Yeah, uh, and, I think that was a, part of the intention of the standardized loadouts. Yeah, they can do like stuff the, like that. The, the same mm-hmm. for them having upgrades that don't exist anywhere else in the game. The, the point is, is that you can you can put elements into the game that are abusive whenever they're just general upgrades, but they're not like. Uh, Garvin being able to repair a damage card is not oppressive. Right, because you uh, want to be using his actions for focuses most of the yeah. time. Why well, didn't he's Garvin? Yeah. yeah. And, but either you know, way, like when you're when you're able to isolate it to a single ship, 
it's a lot easier to put more powerful upgrades on there. Um, because you can you can price that ship to make it balanced, whereas like a, an R2 astromech, you have to balance it around everything that can take an astromech. Makes a very good point there. And, uh, you know, Biggs getting a regen immediately, my thoughts are, oh, that's great. But then I remember Biggs does not have the Biggs ability in the Battle of Yavin. He still has the selfless as uh, do all. No, not all of the uh, X ones no. have selfless, but Biggs does. So uh, two oh, extra. Form tactics for himself. Okay. Yeah, that's you know his weird little thing. And it's only during the activation phase, okay. so it's like a weird reverse swarm tactics. Uh, I mean, I mean it's flying the, with Luke or what? Yeah, the pack of them flying yeah. together, they're all moving together. Yeah. That makes sense. Nice. Yeah, especially if you're going and uh, you know you want to keep up with your trench run guy. That's going to be a strategy there. And they've uh, all got attack speed and proton torpedoes. They're they're definitely they're throwing in the trench run feel to the three of them. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of throwing in a thematic feel, my boy, Jack Porkins has a, Jack. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> he's got a unique, uh, modification, unstable sublight engines that I didn't notice until I read it, that it says when you are destroyed, not if, when, because with Porkins, it's always a when well, it after you are destroyed. But... <laughs> Yeah, it's not, you know, and if you get destroyed, no, it's when you, you're going to be destroyed. Uh, you must perform a one straight maneuver, and then every other ship at zero to one takes one damage. So when Borkins dies, he will straight up just yeet himself into whatever is nearby and explode. And it, or it, if nothing's nearby, the void. Yeah, but even still, it's just... I love how ridiculous that is, because it's not something you plan for. That's you know, it's one of those insurance things, but it could just as well, if you're running Porkins in the back of the pack, that's bad for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's Dead Man Switch with an additional surprise element to it. Yeah. Like, and it's thematic for, for Jack. Because mm -hmm. he couldn't hold it, let the record show. Yeah, that is true. Uh, one of the, yeah, one of the other things, talking about uh, Nick Spurrier's list with uh, Luke Wedge Han, Han with the coordinate ability, but also with Chewbacca crew giving him evade into white focus. He can use those four non-recurring charges for a better version of Lone Wolf. And he's got L337's programming. Might this be one of the... How do you cost this? Those are some amazingly tanky abilities for the Falcon because you've got... Yeah, the... but the he's, he's four flat charges, so... Like you, you have to be mindful of how you use his two abilities, and also they're kind of counterintuitive to each other. I know he's zero to one instead of zero to two, by like Lone Wolf, but uh, that means you have to ride that range to range band with other friendly ships really well in order to be able to either coordinate or use the ability. Um, and I don't know, like a, uh, I think he'll still be good. I don't know that he's stronger than any other Han build though. Like most of the Han builds these days are doing like the Bays Biston combos that they're double tapping to make sure that his eight points are are punching effectively um i think it's good for sure but i don't i don't know that it's anything crazy that ability though to focus evade and have re-rolls on defense because you're evading that just seems really strong yeah but regular Han does die. that anyway also only one die yeah like, well you're you still have... you're maximating one every time still <laughs> I don't know. I really, I, I think that's going to be interesting. I I'm definitely he, most. I just don't think that he's necessarily stronger than current on is. Like, 
the, yeah, it, I mean, it feels yeah. really strong, but like current Han just has that ability as his ability. He just gets to reroll dice on offense, defense, like, um, and you so, can compensate for Chewy Crew by taking a Force Crew and just evading every turn. If that's what you want to do. Like, um, he's neat for sure. And if he's probably priced really good. For, yeah, if he's priced cheaper than current Falcons, then he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's but like I, Lando, I, I'm not sure. Lando, I'm yeah. sorry. With Han. Mm-hmm. So, because like Lando, what you want to do a blue, so you can do a coordinate or give whatever action. So this, yeah, you can hit and give a coordinate. So he's kind of like Lando mixed with Han. So I'm thinking if you run Battle of Yavin, Han, and then regular Lando with the uh, stuff in there, that gives you a whole lot of action passing. But you're spending uh, Lando is six points, five points. Lando is seven, or Lando's seven. eight. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's eight, nine. Uh, I'm no, thinking, they're both eight. Yeah, really? Yeah, all ah. of the Falcons are eight except for two, seven. Okay, so even then, if you are looking at uh, Battle Yavin Han being around eight, uh, or you know, if he's if he's cheaper, absolutely, yeah, super buy. But if he's eight, even maybe if he's nine, that gives you, ugh. yeah. But then I suddenly did the math, and I'm like, that takes up sixteen or seventeen points. Yeah, double, double Falcon a... is always going to be a. It's two Falcons and then a filler, like. And I don't think this Han will be nine. I'm guessing he comes in at eight, like the other Falcons do. Um, and then I think it's just a. Uh, we'll have to see how like meta shift up, but uh, I think a lot of the time you need the double tap on the Falcons more than you need this tankiness. Like Falcons are really hard to kill in the average number of turns at two point. They have anyway, more health than there are rounds. Like... Yeah. Um, that is true. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Like if he comes in at seven, he's probably great, and yeah. he's probably like I a, hate a, yeah. Start, <laughs> start list with Han, but yeah. speaking of more health, uh, all the ties for the Imperials that come in the Battle of Yavin have more health. Uh, I like that. Versio's got a shield upgrade baked in when everybody else gets an extra hull point, so it's mm-hmm. like, hey, free shield upgrade and hull upgrade for all. Uh, you oh, have uh, extra shields. That, does he as well? Right. Three, 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 three. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. The Empire got tanky for this. Oof. Uh, throwing another help on three agility ships seems really good. Especially on uh, what Dark Curse is that hurting? Oh man, I'm so hyped for Dark Curse. I six shuts off your mods. Has an extra health just as it is. I am probably more hyped for these ships than I have been for any Imperial release in a while. Uh, uh, you know, Iden Versio with Fnatic, the the new Sigma interceptors that all have some really interesting combinations of upgrades and abilities. Oh, did you see Sigma 4? Yes! With Super fast uh, sensitive controls, you can do what barrel Oh, no, okay, the... Yeah. In the so, system space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Sigma-4 with the two non-recoverable charges, the abilities after you perform a barrel roll, you can spend a charge to do a boost. So he has system uh, sensitive controls and a two-use limited order afterburners. But the fun bit is he's also got prime thrusters, so you can do both of that when you're stressed. That Uh, looks super fun. That might be a great filler ship. Yeah, uh, again, depending on points there. Yeah, yeah. Then you've got the the defensive version there, Sigma Five, which is gets a free evade. Uh, again, two on two non recurring charges after you perform an attack that hits. Spend a charge to get an evade. It's the Whisper ability. Uh, and the you, new sensor jammer on them is interesting. I don't know that it's good. 
but I guess it depends on the list. But right, there it's are got a lot list. of Imperial ships that target lock and hold on to those target locks. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But uh, in theory, it's seen. Sigma Six is my favorite. Yes, uh, I, don't if he's, uh, I don't know if he's good, but slamming tie interceptor sounds pretty entertaining. Like, yeah. So uh, yeah. what's Sigma? What's Sigma Six do, Doug? Uh, he has Daredevil and Afterburners built in, and then after you fully ex- execute a speed three to five maneuver, you may spend one charge to perform a slam action. So if you on turn one yeah. five straight, you can then immediately five straight, and then Afterburners, afterburners. afterwards. So you can Afterburners a, after, okay? Yeah, yeah to move Daredevil. A, that after Jesus. So that's a twelve. It's 14, because you have to include the oh bases between the two movements. Yeah, yeah. so right, you can go, right. five, you, or you can do it in the order of five straight, afterburner okay. boost, slam a five straight, take your action to barrel roll, and be anywhere. God, remember, what was it, the, uh, there used to be a page... You can also like, afterburners after the slam yeah. maneuver, because that's executing a maneuver as well. Yeah. Oh, you could do it twice. That no, because you perform. No, you can't do action. it twice. But no, you can, but do, you can do, do it in either order. order. You're saying yeah. that you can do your three to five, and then you can afterburners, and then you can slam. Yes, mm-hmm. or vice. But even even things like I mean, keep in mind he's slamming, so he's getting weapons disabled. But uh, but even things like doing a three straight into a sloop, like can you can just put himself in yeah. really weird places that you I wouldn't mean, expect from an interceptor, and he can get out of really bad places. Somebody like Doug who sees the game on a different level maneuvering wise that everybody else could really get some mileage out of this because he was flying slamming boba (laughs) yeah but doing things like the idea of five straight afterburners boost 5k slam oh suddenly i'm behind you for next turn yeah four like a four straight four slam four straight four okay yeah i can remember which the k turn they had but yeah that's that's nuts i mean at the end of the day all of this is fun more than good i think because he doesn't have any offensive or defensive upgrades uh, yeah. So he's yeah. he's just an interceptor with he's like a generic interceptor that can move really fast, but it's yeah. cool. I think it's yeah. really fun. Like you can't be shot if nobody can catch you. Yeah, yeah. but then you've got uh, our guy Sigma Seven, which really works well with uh, Sigma Five and the sensor jammer. He's the one that during the system phase you can spend uh, a charge to acquire a lock on an enemy ship at range zero to one. So he's kind of got like a a weirder version of Mando optics, but he's also More got fire. Con- yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. got fire control systems, so he's incentivized to not spend that lock. So then Sigma Four can use it for the uh, is it five? Yeah, five. The sensor jammer can use that to fuel his sensor jammer, and that's I, I like that. You've you've also got Vader out there who's wanting to throw locks out there and keep them on. Uh, Vader in the uh, Tie Advanced, I didn't notice that extra health before, but he's got a different Shoot. ability. The uh, uh, while you perform an attack, you can spend one force to change a blank result to a hit. So it's like his uh, defender ability, but not limited to offense only. So he doesn't have that limitation. Is that better or worse than standard Vader in the advanced? Oh, it's worse. It is 100% worse. Uh, a uh, standard Vader can take optics to essentially do the same thing, uh, but more actions, more better. Like just just plain and simple. Um, it. This one, this Vader is just way less flexible. A, his ability means he's a lot less versatile, just like has a ship flying around. But also his his loadout is just set in stone, whereas current Vader gets approximately a million points of upgrades and a tech and a talent that could be way better than marksmanship. And like the 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 original Vader is better, but as a result, this Vader will probably be six points instead of seven. Yeah. I was just about to ask, do you think it would be pointed uh, below so that it would you would have an incentive to take it? Uh, if yeah. this Vader is the same price as the other one, I think this Vader sees zero play. Outside of the battle, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Yep. And we've talked a lot about Dark Curse, but what I like is uh, my boy Wampa there with uh, Elusive and Vengeful, which is basically the scum cutthroat talent. After a friendly ship at range 0 to 3 is destroyed, if that ship is limited, which all of the ships in the Battle of Yavin are, you can remove one of your red tokens or recover one recurring charge on your ship card, which this is where uh, it's interesting. So either that means... So no, that only means his ability, because Elusive is not a recurring. So, yeah, because that, that's the other thing I was you know, going to say, like, okay, does Elusive count as being on his ship card because this is one card, or probably not. But well, his you, only... do, you get a lot of circumstances where you have that range three obstructed crapper shot, so they're just going to shoot at Wampa to get rid of the charge to not worry about it, and then they focus on one of your other TIE Fighters. And now if they kill that TIE Fighter, Wampa gets to go, nope, I'm back to Wampin. This just seems like... And... He has starting computer built in, which is nice for... Now, if I'm not mistaken, this was a completely AMG-designed scenario and cards, right? Yeah, this is the first all-AMG-designed stuff. I gotta say, I really love the fact that they have made this scenario pack feel like the Trench Run. The Empire, these TIE Fighters now feel dangerous. Uh, I know that it's meant to be, what is it, like 35 against 35 points or... Yeah. So I assume someone's probably already theory-crafted out what all these are going to cost... But I think these are more dangerous versions of your standard TIE Fighters. These feel like the end scene bad guys from the movie. I love it. Yeah, I, I think they they really knocked it out of the park on making a lot of these ships feel thematic to like the trench run. And um, if this was around whenever I first started playing X-Wing, there's probably a lot bigger chance that I would have started as a more casual player. Like the the playing the trench run seems like it would be really cool for a new player and a, a return or a continuing player, a veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, but like whenever we started playing, the missions were very generic. Escort the Senate shuttle thing. And oh, it, yeah. it seemed very like half thought out and like a, this is just a way you can play, but this is what we actually want is the standard dogfight. Um, so I, I'm glad that they're bringing actual options in for a, a different way to play. I, re- I really like that. That's going to be exciting. Agreed. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And even if the the trench run is nothing for you, this is still, what, like 14 new pilots to play? Something like that? Yeah, and it's not an expensive uh, pack. I think they're only saying, like, is it $25, I think, for? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's a ton of new pilots, which more likely than not, you already have TIE Fighters and X-Wings and Y-Wings and a Falcon. And I say, I think the only thing that I would consider a con for a new player is you see this Battle of Yavin pack and it's so cool. But then if you want to run the Battle of Yavin, you need, what, like five Interceptors, four TIE Fighters in advanced, a Falcon, like six X-Wings and three Y-Wings or something like that. Like, there, there are a lot of ships you need to actually run Battle of the Avenue. Yeah, I wonder if that's, you know, oh, look, you can pick up two Interceptors in the Sky Strike Academy kit. <laughs> you know, coincidence. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is a bit of an investment just to run the, the Trench Run scenario, but it's still, it's still a cool idea. It makes me wonder that when they talk about these starter packs that are supposed to be coming out for each faction if that might correspond to the ships we see in the Battle of Yavin, the Battle of Coruscant, and new stuff that comes out that way? Uh, I, I don't know if that'll be because of that reason, but all of these are iconic ships, and I guarantee you all of the starter box ships are going to be iconic ships. Like, 
it doesn't make sense to put ships nobody knows in a starter kit. Everybody knows the E-Wing? No. Yeah. <laughs> they do not. <laughs> also, uh, it's not super cool. Yeah. When they they didn't list the E-Wing on the things they were going to reprint, did they? No. It's the... They said the tie, tie bomber, tie bomber the, the gunboat, Lambda. and the 2400. Yeah. Did they also mention the Lambda? They I'm sure they will re-release yeah. at some point, but... It's one of... It I'd say probably behind the X-Wing and the Falcon, the Lambda is possibly one of the most iconic starfighters from the series. When people think of Star Wars, one of the most common screenshots you see is that shot of the Imperial hangar with the Lambdas and all the stormtroopers in formation. I it definitely has a lot more screen time than a lot of other yeah, movie ships. Yeah. I think of a Lambda before I think of a TIE bomber, an Interceptor, or a Y-Wing. I think of Y-Wings. They're in they're New Hope. I think of Y-Wings, but and yeah, TIE Interceptors or... It also depends in context, because like, if you're talking about like the dogfighting ships, the Lambda doesn't come to mind. No, not at all. The Y-Wing comes like to mind the... for the Battle of Endor. Before yeah, when they does. land on the, the platform on Endor, that's a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus... I'm, I'm sure it will get its release. They're probably just starting with like the the gunboat has been out of stock and is beloved by so many people. So like that's that's the weirdest one they're releasing first. Yeah, but like I'm the twenty four hundred is a fan favorite and has been recanonized by Rebels and badly needs to be reworked. Yeah, yeah, I do appreciate they said you know Dash as you know him is gone. Good. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious about that. I'm I'm wondering if they're just going to redo Dash's ability or if they're actually going to redesign the twenty four hundred. It'll be interesting to see. Plus, we're gonna get like the the guys from Rebels too, so it'll be fun. Martin yes. Madden and company. Oh yeah, that's true. The what? Ooh, Martin yeah. Madden, the, the Iron, Iron Squadron. Oh, from Iron Squadron or whatever yeah. they call themselves. Yep, Iron Squadron. Nice. Yeah, that's gonna be neat because maybe it'll be a uh, twenty four hundred release with none of the original pilots. You know, Lebo I, or Dash. They, they said Dash will be. In it. Okay. Yeah, they they specifically said Dash will be in it, but he will not be the <laughs> okay. same Dash. Couldn't they no. just redo the ship and say three attack dice? You get an extra one. They might. They might. Yeah, we have looking at. No, but idea. what I'm saying is, couldn't that just fix that ship? Like, obviously, yeah. then it just turns into every other ship, and it's a large base, and I get to go into range one, and I get to shoot at you. Blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, I, I think they're still going to redesign Dash anyway because he breaks a lot of the core concepts of the game with ignoring right. obstacles. Yeah. Right. Yeah, especially, especially with how punishing with, obstacles are yeah. now. Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to catch No, there. that's that's what I was gonna say. Uh, I do I have always liked the uh the sensor blind spot thing that says, okay, the twenty four hundred does not get the range one bonus because I think that means especially as a large base ship, you have to play it differently. You don't wanna be in the middle blocking things up. You don't wanna be in a position where other ships can just charge right up in you because yeah, yeah it's, that's... It's the printed four is the problem with the twenty four hundred. Yeah. Like honestly, right. all problems with the twenty four hundred is that it's a four attack die tor- turret. Yeah, like, I say, yeah, yeah. If you reduce it to a three attack die turret and still kept the sensor blind spot, so it just was three attack dice all the time there. Uh, I think yeah, that's they might cool. even do something like you roll one fewer at range one, but one more at range three. So you only get the yeah. four dice at range three whenever they. Right, the idea that you want it to be a strafer around the edges of the board, which most likely means, oh, guess what? I can put objectives where. It's going to, you know, you're not going to get them with the 2400 if you want to stay at range three. I like that idea of ships. Yep. Ships not directly saying this does this for objectives, because I think they've said they're not going to do that. But the idea that a ship whose ability is like, this is really powerful, but not if you want to be in the middle of the board claiming objectives. 
that could be that adds a lot of give and take to your uh, turn zero list building and how you play the ship. Yeah, and we'll have to see. They they might go with it. Might just be changing Dash's ability, and like in theory, that's all they could do. They could just change Dash's ability and then re-release the same pilots and everything. Or they might just change the ability and add new pilots. Or they might completely redesign the ship. We we really don't know. Uh, <laughs> Knowing AMG, they'll do anything. Yeah, the my favorite thing is knowing AMG. They're not afraid to do what they want. Like they're they're not holding to what FFG they're said, not which is timid the, at all. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah. FFG was very clear that you never had to buy anything from Second Edition if you already owned it in First Edition, and they're they're not beholden to that, which I think is good for the game, especially. Yeah, like in for the growth of the game, it has to attract new players, which means buying product yeah. needs to make sense for new players, and unfortunately I, for us, we're going to have to deal with it. Yeah, and I didn't that's... really like that that it was, everything was being re well if something was being re released like it was just like the stuff coming out of the 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 uh, oh man well you saw it in the sales like the, kids. the FFG sales were atrocious yeah. because there was yeah. no reason to buy new ships right Unless exactly it was like an and there was no ship. excitement there was no like yeah. oh I can get this new pilot I can do that and I'm like oh it's just the old pilots that you get in the conversion kit like that's kind of boring. Yeah, like they did decent paint jobs, but the thing I remember most is people making fun of the sick being re-released as one of the first scum ships because like it was oh. a weird choice. And nobody played six, and then yeah. we did for a while, and it was awesome. Best time of my life. <laughs> didn't play any. Then you played seven. Then you didn't play it. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh man, I love that was my first favorite ship in X Wing. Yeah. Now it's funny because uh, I remember when Shadows of the Empire came out and introduced the world to Dash Rendar in the twenty four hundred. Uh, that was at the mid-90s, I want to say like 96, I think. And they did a huge marketing campaign for it because the Thrawn trilogy had already come out, but this was like a new, full-on, we're telling a new story in the Star All Wars TV, universe. Yeah. Like, yeah. They did. There, there was a book. There was a radio play. There was the video game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I had the N64 game. That was actually the reason I bought N64. And it suddenly got me thinking, uh, I'm trying to remember if you ever see Dash Rendar with any other vehicle in the uh, Shadow of the Empire. I know there's a level because uh, Dash Rendar was at the Battle of Hoth, and there's a, a level with him in a snowspeeder. But I was suddenly thinking, could you dock something to the Outrider? But then I was like, no, I don't recall the Outrider ever having any other vehicles. Not like Dash Rendar and his, like, Popped up Z ninety five or something, so yeah, there's a lot, but there's a lot of design space they could go to with it, and I'm again, if they're saying we're going to reprint the twenty four hundred, the Star Viper can't be far behind because those two go hand in hand. Oh God, please fix the Star Viper. Yeah, that's to say, the Star I mean, Viper could use they already did it. by removing the sensor and advanced sensors is bad. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's but... fair. Well, then make it more interesting. Give Gory a focus. Right, I'd like it's to see. Yeah. I would like to see focus. if they... Hold on, I wasn't paying attention. You know <laughs> what I said. No, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's goory. He didn't say it weird. Goory. Like, yeah, that's a little better. <laughs> He's like saying it so we're, 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 in front of my ass. We were joking we about... We pitched uh, our valve! <laughs> all the way back to episode 29 of the podcast, where Greg absolutely called Alex out for his weird St. Louis accent on goory. We pinch valves. Indeed. Gory. But also, it'd be a great, you know, they're saying they could re-release Dash with a new pilot ability. I would like to see uh, Prince Zizor released with a decent pilot ability, because 
the character should be important. Make him make people want to play him. He's a yeah, good villain, folks. Anymore. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, if Dash does, Zizor does. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think one thing the twenty four hundred has over the Star Viper is that it also has been recanonized. Yeah, but wow. Dash Rendar. <laughs> yeah, but like. They're releasing it. They're almost certainly going to bring out the cannon pilots and then dash render. Well, yeah. has the has the gunboat been recanonized? No, it hasn't. I guess. Uh, uh, no, I, I want to say, has it been seen in the comics? Possibly. I know. Uh, yeah, because uh, like, that's, that's the other thing is is we don't uh, again that's like true. AMG, that was an FFG thing. You're yeah, right. AMG's not beholden to just doing new canon stuff. I'm yeah. sure they'll still prioritize canonized stuff because it's probably it's, what Disney wants. And it's it's better known, so it'll sell better. But yeah, um, like. We're probably not going to see like the Kamoklia re-released because uh, it's a really weird old canon ship. We're probably not going to see the K-wing re-released for the same reason. Yeah, but better see that's that. weird because the Sick and the Kamoklia come from the same place. <laughs> yeah, uh, Star Wars guys. Sick was the starting yeah. ship, though. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, Kamoklia could be so cool if they just like. I don't oh, know. the Kamoklia. Yeah, oh, well, they, oh, who's got yeah, the weird said, pronunciation? Yeah, who's saying weird things now? Uh, Greg? I'm sorry, Kamoklia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to things soda instead of pop. Uh, that's smart. on the curve. Kid. <laughs> I never believe that kid ate a quesadilla with ketchup today, and I almost disowned him. That's bad. So yeah. you win some, you lose some. But uh, <laughs> he says soda correctly, at least. Yeah. Uh, it's pop. It's always been pop. It's not pop. That's pop stupid. is what you call your father, <laughs> or a noise you make, <laughs> like a balloon. Oh, Soda Pop. That's... Soda Pop is a character from The Outsiders. A wonderful young adult novel by S.E. Hinton that we all had to read back in high school. Nobody knows what you're talking about, old man. Yeah, we were reading Catcher in the Rye. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, see, I don't Doug, read uh, in high school. I don't books, think I could read in high Books school. are like slices of a tree that you look at and hallucinate. Uh, oh, I... I have read plenty. Doug <laughs> is day. an avid reader. Yeah. I don't read often because when I read, I don't change my lifestyle. I just stop sleeping. Like, because once I pick up a book, it, it doesn't, it doesn't go down until it's finished. Are you saying that the pages are like the French fry and the words are the ketchup? <laughs> you know, so, I don't have to put up with this. <laughs> did I do it right? Did I say it? That was good. Like, really yeah. good. <laughs> I can't work in these conditions. <laughs> uh, well, that's actually a good uh, little side topic to close on. What good books have we read lately? Uh, anything on your plate there, Doug? Uh, I've been meaning to start up Wheel of Time, but I haven't because it's a huge series, and I, I want to sleep for the next month. So, um, I was the last big series I read was uh, the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. Um, okay. And, uh, what about you, Greg? Anything that uh, you're reading or reading with uh, the kids? Um, let's see. I am trying to finish the Thrawn trilogy. Um, the the, the newest one. Oh, okay. Um, the uh, Ascendancy trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been okay. reading that too. Um, is that one? Other, otherwise, I haven't been able to. So I used to like listen to books, um, like at work or whatever, but or like right before I go to bed. But it like really messed with me and messed with my sleep, so I just have not been listening to as many books. Um, but I hope that when I have more time. So if you guys have suggestions, I'm totally open to suggestions. Uh, yeah. Somebody just told me about one that I was gonna look up, but I 
I can't remember if it was one of y'all that told me. Yeah. Huh. Well, that got me thinking. Now I'm going to have to look, look that book up. Yeah. What about you, Alex? Um, so I've also been reading the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy. Mm-hmm. I've not read the uh, the previous Thrawn trilogy. The previous new canon Thrawn trilogy. I have. Yeah, I was going to say, you have I not read the. <laughs> no, I've read that multiple times. And the yeah, duology really. sequel trilogy. But. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, uh, nonfiction wise, Powers and Thrones by Dan Jones. Super, oh. super easy read about about a thousand years of medieval history from the fall of Rome to the fall of Constantinople. So that Ooh, was, I will make a note of that one. Great book. Really, yeah. really, really easy to read. It's written. It's nonfiction written narratively. So it's really easy to read. And it's great. Oh, that's, you know, leads into I, I did another reread of uh, Devil in the White City, which I highly recommend to everybody. It's about the uh, the World's Fair in Chicago and also America's first serial killer who was in Chicago at the same time. Uh, incredibly, incredibly well-written. Oh, H.H. Holmes? Creepy. Yes. Yeah, the murder hotel. Yeah, his <laughs> creepy murder hotel that's straight up like a James Bond villain lair, only real. Yeah, uh, like trap doors and shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Flamethrowing, you know, basement. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this, seen, this there's this a documentary on him I've seen. Mm-hmm. Shit's wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's going to be a Hulu series uh, with uh, Keanu Reeves. About oh, it. So, yeah, they're adapting uh, *Devil in the White City*. But I also, uh, I'm lucky to have uh, a library branch within walking distance of my house. I picked up and read uh, *The Monster of Ellenhaven*. It's a really short novel by uh, Jennifer Giesbrecht. Came out in 2019. It's a, her debut novel. Really, really good if you like. Uh, it's basically a monster and a sorcerer get revenge on the the ones who have wronged them. Kind of uh, very much aesthetic. Reminds me a lot of the game *Bloodborne*. Uh, really a lot of creepy body horror, uh, very, uh, very disturbing, but I like horror. So it's, uh, it's a real good, I give it a high thumbs up recommendation. So, uh, I'll check that and, out. yeah, this has been the Atashi station book corner. Oh, one thing I, one more thing I want to point out, uh, the powers and thrones is written in 2020. So it does look at the bionic plague through a lens of COVID. So if you don't want to think about that, don't read it, but Fair enough. Awesome. Pretty interesting. Like I thought it was interesting to read about people who are playing through the lens of COVID. Um, yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, I'm definitely checking that out when I go back to the library. So yeah. Uh, well, with that, we've covered uh, quite a bit this week. Uh, most of us are getting back into things. Hopefully, we'll find something that gets Alex motivated to put some ships back yeah, on the table. Yeah, hopefully, this day weekend recharges me because I am burnt out. Yeah, it's been it's been rough for everybody. Turns the last out those twelve weeks. days of week, those twelve days of work in a row, took it out yeah. of me. I should have taken 12 days off in a row afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I took the week off afterwards. Yeah, I needed time I, to recharge. Now I know. <laughs> Next what? year, I take the week off afterwards. Indeed, indeed. So, uh, what shout-outs do we have this week, guys? Anybody uh, or anything come to mind? Uh, I want to shout-out right. everybody on US Team XTC. Uh, Will, Higwood, Marcel... Steve Cotillo, Kenneth Lyon, Matthew Carey, Tommy Adams. Uh, you guys all uh, dealt with me just being a disaster of a player uh, and kept everyone in really good spirits, especially during a, a weird-ass time to be playing X-Wing, and uh, it was it was a good time thanks to them. Yeah, congrats, Team USA. Yeah. 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 Uh, again, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Isophane and Hexiled Gaming for the Isoplane initiative. Again, that uh, website is hexiledgaming.com slash isoplane initiative. Go and read up on it and uh, get involved in the good work they're doing for the community. For sure. Yeah. 
Any other shout-outs? Greg. Uh, I guess shout-out to Team Canada for winning. (laughs) (laughs) No. Why would you overshadow Alex's shout-out for me? Well, I'm sorry. I I am sorry about that. It's too late now. It's over. And then and now we can talk about Canada. Okay. <laughs> I also like to shout out Guri. Yeah, Guri. I appreciate being bullied on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> and on that wonderful note of camaraderie, uh, for Topsy Station Radio, I'm Matt. I'm Doug. I'm Alex. And I'm Porg. And we'll catch you next time. Yeah, you're chanting too slowly. I think that would kind of work. I'm leaving. Toshi Station Radio is brought to you by the team of Greg Smith, Alex Smittle, Doug Howe, and Matt New. If you'd like to help us out with hosting and production costs, you can go to ko-fi.com slash ToshiStationXWing and make a donation. It's always appreciated. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Toshi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast, for news and updates. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>